Next, I'd like to introduce. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. He's going to get a little special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. This brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, I, I medium, old. On all three of them, actually. I, now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh man, I hate those guys. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey! And welcome to the Daniel Baldwin Show. Joshy Josh? Yes. What's shaking with your hips, kid? Uh, I mean, everything. Everything. You guys know how to get involved. The text line is. Drumroll. <laughs> Thank you. Larry. 288 Of course, the phones for ESPN 44. That's 315 4 ESPN 44. Twitter at ESPN Syracuse. Get down to business. Let's cut right to the chase. Sure. I was at the Syracuse basketball game last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great Mike Tirico was being honored by SU and SU graduates, so it was great to see Mike. Uh, you know, and sit behind Maddie Matt calling the game. Yes, he's, he's, he's a seasoned professional, isn't he? Matt Park. He's a, he's a real pro. Prof- he's a real pro. Real pro. You know, I, I got to. I was so close at, at some point because I was talking with um, with some of the guys that were sitting right by the. Uh, uh, the front row, which obviously I don't qualify to sit in anymore, um, and uh, and I got to listen to him call the game. He he calls it like you know the old school, you know, yeah. He's the real deal. He's got a great voice. He does great radio well, voice, but, but also his delivery. He's got yeah. you know he makes it exciting. Mm-hmm. You know he's very uh, knowledgeable about the game. He really knows his stuff up here. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I he's liked a pro. It. I like listening to him. He's 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 a consummate professional. <laughs> but I got to tell you something. So. I go to the game, you know, and I got to tell you that I left with really mixed emotions about what I saw out there. Okay. Uh, the team, it, it, it never, they never seemed to feel panicked by the fact that they were playing a team that they, they should crush. Uh, so when Iona kept it pretty close, you know, in the first half, I figured, okay, here comes, you know, Bayheim in the locker room. They're going to come out and blow them out like they did, you know, against uh, uh, Cornell. You know, and hang you know a twenty-five to two run, and that never happened. Mm. You know that that never happened. There didn't seem to be any sense of of panic in them, which in some ways is a good thing. You know that you're not going to suddenly choke and start throwing the ball, you know, in places they shouldn't. And uh, but at the same time, there didn't seem to see any sense of urgency. You know, they, they I didn't see them. You know, just outman them. Uh, they were certainly a lot bigger. You know, they were a lot bigger than they were. Mm. And, and uh Man, I, I, I look at where their preseason ranking is in the ACC at number nine, and their overall ranking right now after two wins is number, you know, like 86 or something mm. in, the, in the country, which obviously that doesn't qualify, pre-season, which doesn't mean a lot. But, you know, when they start to get into ACC interdivisional games against, you know, powerhouse teams, and they don't have an easy schedule either. You know, they play some tough opponents. Sure. I can't imagine unless they snap it into some other gear that I haven't seen yet in, in preseason and in the first two games of the season. 
I think they might be in for a bit of a tough year. Well, I think you, Iona is nothing to to gawk at. I mean, they they did meet they did get the tournament last year, so they were a decent enough team. Right, right. By no means am I you know saying that Iona is not a quality basketball team. I'm just comparing. If you were to put Iona into the ACC, they'd be in last place every year, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, or, or or second to last against a struggling Pitt team or BC or somebody. But by here's the thing, when you're the only place in town to go, you know, and, and certainly from a national ranking standpoint, the expectations of Syracuse, New York fans, and even in the nation, the nation knows about the Orange. We, we've sure. Won, we've won titles. Yeah. So when we come rolling into, you know, Oregon, anything in California, anywhere in the nation, they go, yeah, this is Syracuse. It's Bayheim. You know, the, you know Carmelo. You know they, they know that this is a tough. We're team. We're a team that spits out some of the most NBA players. You, you got it. So, so by that standard, is the expectation and the bar so high here that if you don't go to the tournament and go in for at least a few rounds, is that a, is that is that a lost yeah. season here? You don't want an NIT year. Those well, are always the the worst. Right, and that's not, even if you went in the tournament and lost in the first round as a Syracuse team, I think that's going to be a disappointing it's year. Still an embarrassing it, year, yeah, and it's happened recently. So it's right. You know. So so I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm wondering, you know, and I, I had some common some conversations with guys that were there who are probably more learned about the game of basketball than I am, and and the and the conversation was. You know, we just don't seem to have that uh, ever really have that dominating big guy. They 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 are very three point dependent in Syracuse, and they run that offense that way. And I think that of course they're recruited that way to run that type of game. We just don't seem to have a, a presence on the boards, and and so much of the game is is dominated by the offensive and defensive glass. That you know, I wonder with this team if they're not going to all out crash to the boards and make an effort to get that extra three or four rebounds each half which are eight possessions, mm. you know, and if those eight possessions turn into scores, you know, even half the time, that's eight more points. I, I guarantee you at the end of this season, if you add eight points onto Syracuse's score, we're going to win about seven more games. The guy I like, who I, I think is someone to watch, and I'll never pronounce his name correctly, is Dolazage or Dolazage or whatever his name is. He's the European kid. Very tall, looks to weigh maybe 120 pounds. Very yeah, he skinny. Does. He's uh, 120 shopping weight. But, but he's but he's up there and he's in the mix and he fights for every single board. And I think that's going to be a guy. They put some weight on him. That's a guy that's going to be in there. He'll never be the big guy. He's not going to be a, a a Coleman from last year or years prior. But he's still a tall enough guy to get those boards. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder when you look at it because I watched him uh, last night. He actually drew a great offensive foul. So a, a guy that's willing to take. Somebody coming down the lane and, and, and taking offensive and drawing offensive. I like that guy. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a gritty guy. That's a guy that, you know, he's willing to go to the ground for a single possession. I, I like that attitude. I, I was very much that type of athlete myself. But, um, you know, where's where's the weight room program in that kid? I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm afraid that if we play somewhere outdoors, we're going to have to tie a string to him. Yeah, he's he might thin. Fly away. He looks thin. He's thin. He's really thin. He's and thin. He's, he's going to get, once he gets into the, you know, the big guys. I mean, you got to look. You were talking schedule coming up here, uh, Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Syracuse. Sure, we've got Texas Southern, uh, Texas Southern, Oakland, Toledo, but then we got Maryland. Texas Sutherland. Is that Donald's kid? Texas what is that? Sutherland. Great actor. Yeah. Uh, and then Maryland and Kansas. So the first week in December, we've got Kansas. Yeah, we're dusting the wind on that one. Exactly, <laughs> right? So if you play like you're saying, which is taking your time, keeping the games close, by the time you get to a Kansas. Well, I think when I, when I say that sense of urgency, so put put the reverse spin on it. So when you're with Kansas and they suddenly drop 12 straight points and you're behind, do you have that gear 
you know, that, that allows you to say, hey, you know, we can't let this get too far away and be able to, to really crash the boards, get in there and score some inside points, some easier points. And you're, you mentioned this young man, um, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm wondering, you know, what's he going to do against big, big athletes? So, That's you know. the thing. Is he's just so thin compared. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Bayheim must see something in the kid because he's he's on the team. He's playing a lot. He's getting a lot of minutes. He did. He played a lot last night. And then he's in there. He's getting a, a lot of rebounds. Um, I think that he sees promise in him. Maybe there's something we haven't seen in him yet. He but needs to drop him off at my house. Just feed him. With yeah, We're going to feed him up. Mm-hmm. We're going to rob him, give the Robin stew. Sure. And we're going to get him on the kettlebells. Ooh. The kettlebells are the key. Plump him up. The kettlebells are the key. He is the kind of guy, though, you put some weight on him, he'll be fine. But you're asking about points. You got a guy like Tyus Battle last night who got 28 points. So you've got the guys who can come out and score a ton of points when they need to. But you're asking about the gear. Can they find that gear? Well, here's the thing. So so when you look in, at, you know, outside three-point range, and then you start to come inside in the perimeter shooting, and then you go into the paint. So if we have nothing in the paint, that's the problem because what's going to happen against uh, uh, teams that have can match you athlete for athlete that they can double team and trap a guy like Battle, you know, and they can take that three point weapon away from him and force him to drive, and he drives in to the paint against seven foot guys, mm. multiple, you know, six ten, seven foot across the line. What happens then, you know? And so, so I think you can get. That's my point about it. you can get away with that with Iona, who only had one guy at six eight. That was their tallest guy, and I think that you know their average is like six four. I mean, they, they just weren't very big. Mm. So yes, he got away with that, you know, and, and, and had a good game. Twenty eight points. You know, you accredited him a big factor in the victory over Iona. I'm just worried when you bring Kansas, and I'd be willing to bet that if I Google Kansas, they average six nine across. The, you know, they're, they're probably pretty big. Oh, they're going to be huge. Uh, I'm going to look it up as we speak. Kansas Fro- Jayhawks. For because, cover for me. And I'll tell you, another guy that I really like is uh, Geno Thorpe. He comes in, transfer. Uh, I believe this is his last year. I was talking to Brent X. I think this is his, he's a graduate student. He's fast. He is a, a quick guy. The games that I've seen, he hasn't scored a ton. But he's in every he's in every play. He's, he's a, a, a really, he's a scrapper. He's in there. He's well, helping the team. He seems like a good guy to be out there. Well, you want to have guys too that understand their role. Look at that. Look at the Chicago Bulls during all the Michael Jordan runs. Mm-hmm. They knew that giving the ball to Michael Jordan was like a black hole. You know, it went in there and it wasn't coming out. He yeah. was going to go to the basket. He was going to pull up. He was going to do whatever he was going to do. So you get a guy like Bill Winnington who doesn't score. Who doesn't score more than or Luke Longley who's not going to score more than four points, five points a game, hit a couple of foul shots. He's there to get rebounds, and he's there to make sure he gets people out of the way of Michael Jordan who's coming to the hoop. And he's not going to get angry that he doesn't give the ball. Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, what Magic Johnson tells a great story about the first game that he ever played with Kareem. And he turned around, and Magic was outside. He made a couple of nice passes. Then he stuck a shot, and Kareem turned around and looked at him, and he got it posted up in the paint. He put his hand up, and Magic didn't give him the ball because he was obviously calling for the ball. He said... He never got the ball back kicked out to him even when he was wide open. The rest of the entire game, Kareem was so mad that he called for the ball and didn't get it. You know, So Kareem knew his role. He's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He wants the ball. Mm-hmm. So with that said, somebody understanding their role on a team, you're absolutely right. If you've got two prolific scorers that carry a majority of the scoring in your game, you have to understand what your role is. Your role is to play defense, get rebounds, whatever it is. Rodman was a terrible basketball player. Mm. He was a terrible basketball player. But he was a great defensive player, an incredible hustler, and he did things rebounding for a guy his size that I've still never seen in the game of basketball. Never. Never. Do you know that he used to study 
the flight of the ball and start to react when he he'd look at it go up in the air and he'd say it's going to be short and he'd start to anticipate where That's the, the talent was going to go. Yeah. That was it. That was a big part of his game. You asked the uh, players on Kansas uh, because Geno Thorpe six four, and compared to these guys, he's going to look like. Yeah, so what are they across the board? Give me the numbers. Uh, six eight, six ten. Uh, their center is seven feet tall. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you go through. I mean, they don't have a guy. They got a couple of guys. I don't think they get much time. You've got another guard who's six eight. You've got big guys on Kansas. All we are is dust in the wind. These now, are big now, boys, now, and now, they're not skinny. They're big. No, but but the way again, the way you have to beat those guys is if you're a three point dependent team and, and and you're a perimeter shooting team. You have to shoot a high percentage. You mm-hmm. have to shoot a high percentage against a team like that because you know you're not going to score much in the paint, and you're probably not going to get a lot of rebounds. So you can't make you can't make a lot of misses. Yeah. So if they shoot lights out, of course, Syracuse can beat anybody in the country on any given day. That's for sure. But it would require a lot of things to go right. I think right now we're looking at Bayheim who's trying to find the right combination. He's trying to work guys in, dial it in. Yeah, they they've got the one kid. Uh, um, he wears the white bandana. I'm blacking out his name right now. Um, and he's got to be seven feet tall. Well, where's he going? Yeah, I, I let me get the roster up here. Pull the uh, roster. Yeah, one guy that's really tall, and I can't think of his name because he doesn't play a lot. But he's got to. If they can get him, you know, he's he's a shot blocker. Obviously, is what he's out there for. It's not Matthew Moyer, is it? Six eight? No, no, no. He's got to be taller than six. He's got to be six. Paschal. Cool. Yes. How tall is he? Seven two. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I'm like, I saw him standing Sorry. in the huddle, and I'm like, I don't know, how to say his name. Okay. But, yeah. So Paschal. Yeah. Yeah. We'll call him Pasky. Pasky. So Pasky at seven two. Yeah. You know, I mean, if he can't shoot a lick, yeah. Who cares? We got to figure out a way to get Pasky in the game against yeah. Kansas. Dolaz Dolaz Dolazaj, the guy that I like. He's a six nine, so he's not even as tall as Packy, who's seven feet two seven inches. Two. Seven two. I get like that. There. I like that going in there at seven two. Get your texts in two eight eight zero six four four. We will of course uh, talk a whole bunch of different things. What do you got coming up after the break, there, Daniel? Well, I mean, I think we have to talk a little bit about the principal's office today. We did. We had to go to the principal's. We had to go to the principal's office. To the principal's, I, I, I the principal's not... office. Larry, <laughs> he's shaking his. Let's head. just start saying Gary. Oh, then. that's fine. Yeah, Gary. <laughs> don't, don't do. All right, so we'll come back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. You're listening to ESPN Radio Syracuse. Game day coverage of Syracuse football on ESPN Radio is brought to you by CNYRealtor.com and Geico. We are the pulse of the orange. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Sunday, the Giants are home against the Chiefs. Pre-game at noon, Big Blue plays here. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, welcome back. So, Josh, yeah. um, you know, I, this is a new experience for me. Um, you know, I got I got taken uh, to the principal's office today with you. Yep. The great one, Ed Levine, uh, fresh off the uh, Learjet, it must be refueling. Sure. He stopped in via limo. Or did he chop her in this time? I think he had to chop her in, yeah. He chopped her. I heard a lot of noise out yeah. back. I thought maybe it was his helipad, but I wasn't sure. Um, so... The great one calls us in uh, for uh, a bit of a, a, a talk. Yep. Delivered, you know, eloquently. It was it was like you know having someone cut your arm off, but 
but with you know not a dull blade and, and he's smiling over here with the right. cartoon on it right yeah, yeah yeah so so now yeah, you tell me your experience you've been to the woodshed with that before I have, uh, this is my going to my sixth year working for the great one and uh, I've been in there many many times really yeah really so how was this versus other times you've been taken you know to task this one was was pretty pretty standard I've had the ones that are not so great. And uh, I've had like the lighthearted, ha ha, everything's grand ones. This one was probably a five. Right this didn't feel like the attendance office. This didn't feel like even the print. It's like the guidance counselor. Trying yeah, that's to all it was. It was the guidance counselor. Exactly. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. yeah How but, can I better shape your life? Right. Right. You're not going to be a doctor. We know that. So what? What, what path can I put you but on? But so much of it's in the delivery. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it really? Well, he's a pro. He is. He is. You can see why he's become the great one. Yeah. Him, Gretzky, Ali. Sure. Yeah, Jordan. You know, you know. Yeah, Jordan. Jordan for sure. Sorry, Michael. Um, so, so uh, all in all, uh, we we we've you know we're shaping things, we're learning, we're growing. Josh and I together, um, we've eliminated. <clears throat> yeah. Now uh, that's that's one thing that we should address because it's kind of like sitting in the hospital room with a comatose patient because you can't really <laughs> speak to them. Right. They're there. Right. But they're not. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, it's more like the Alzheimer's victim that's sure. really far gone. It's terrible to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's thing terrible to see. this thing to see, but. Hey, Grandma, it's me. They, you know, I know, I know. Larry can hear us right now, but he can't respond. No, he's been to, he, now. So, so we get a nod. I know we don't have visual here, so yeah, we'll but, let you know. You know, it's, it's like when they're in a coma, and you go blink if you can see. <laughs> he has been, and I would agree with the fact he has been called distracting, which I would not disagree with. I've known Larry for a little while now. Well, extremely no, distracting. No, he's a black hole. He's a, black hole, he's a black hole of attention things and energy. Things go in, nothing comes out. <laughs> nothing comes out. Exactly right. See, now he's telling us to move on. We're talking to about it. Up. All yeah. right, so let me ask you a question. Buffalo yeah. Bills. Yeah. Buffalo Bills name Nathan Peterman as their starting quarterback. Now, this comes off a, uh, a very bad performance against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Taylor did not play well. Uh, they did not execute offensively. I don't know that you can blame that loss when they hang that many points on you on just your quarterback. But they sit him down, and Peterman comes in and drives down the field and scores a late touchdown. He was very effective. He was uh, uh, like you know 7 of, of 10 passing. I mean, he, he, he looked really good. What does this do mid-season a move like this? You know, what do you think? It's a it's a bad time to to make a move like this. It's the right move. You don't want Tyrod out there anymore because clearly it's hasn't been a great season. But I think it's at this point I could say ride it out for the rest of the season, but I don't think it's the right time to do it. Well, don't you think though that part of this has to do with them looking at their record, saying we could still squeeze in the playoffs? I mean, maybe. I, th- I, I, I That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I think it's a terrible move. When you bring a new guy, a, a rookie, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, this guy lit SU up in the Dome, too, last year. Mm-hmm. But when you bring this guy in, and what does that say confidence-wise to the other guys in your huddle, you know, who have to have a relationship with their quarterback? They've had some success with Taylor. He's been brilliant sometimes, and then and then just— Beginning of the season. Yeah, and then, t- and then terrible. But, you know, we're only halfway through the season, and they make this announcement— you know, it's almost like Peterman better be successful because you're going to throw Taylor back into his confidence. It's got to be shaken. It's got to be shot because you just told him that he's not good enough to try to finish out the season. No kidding. No just, kidding. I mean, you and, said and you're not good enough. And you're still, what are they, five and four? You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're in the picture right now. Mm. Only New England is streaking past them. Otherwise, they're for sure in the hunt for the wild card berth in, in the AFC East. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, 
it's one of those things where can this guy take him? He looked great, you know, and so if he gets enough snaps, maybe he's the answer. He's more of a prototypical drop back quarterback in you know in in a Kelly esque kind mm-hmm. of way that I think Buffalo will excel with. And then with McCoy in the backfield, you know, I think that they this could this could be the thing. Maybe this is the thing that stirs him up. You well, you're saying they, maybe though. That's the thing. What if Peterman if Peterman's going to be under so much stress out there because now they're putting everything on him? You just took your quarterback who led the team to a five and four record out. So those five wins that he at least gave you, they're forgotten. And now it's all on this guy to get us the rest. Go, you've got to go win. You can't lose because you already pulled the guy that lost. Love is a battlefield, Josh. It is. I Love mean, is a battlefield don't in Buffalo. We right know it. But you know, here here's what I think. I think he plays well. He's gonna be a more consistent quarterback. I don't think that he gives them the threat of running the ball as much as Taylor does. I don't think he has his running skills. But I think he's a better drop-back quarterback. I think he's going to make better decisions on what coverage to throw the ball into. But he's going to need, you know, it's going to be a growing curve. So midseason looking to sneak in in the AFC East as the wild card team. Is this kid got enough in the tank? Well, they're going to test him right now and find out about it. All in all, I like the move. You're a guy who's played football. What does it do to change your quarterback? What does it do to the team? Well, you know, I go back and I've told the story on this show before, and I and I always repeat the story when Joe Montana walked into the into the huddle, you know, and he said, "All right, guys, don't worry. Listen, we're going to win this game," and that was in the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. they drove down the field ninety something yards and they won. So I don't think he gets that type of of respect. There's a certain thing that you have to give a, a player when he's playing quarterback, but that confidence that he's going to get it done, that's going to have to be earned. So. Um, there lies the big question mark. Do they believe in him? And what were the relationships? Listen, a lot of guys become friends. You know, offensive line guys become friends, relationships between receivers. And it's no coincidence that some receivers get the ball more, usually because they built that confidence in the quarterback because they made great plays that made them their go-to guy. Mm. So I know Andre Reed has a very, very close relationship still with Jim Kelly. They support each other with their foundations. They've remained friends. Thurman has remained friends. But those guys were the guys that, that helped Jim Kelly become one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. So, you know, to, to establish, there's got to be friendships now over the last couple of years that have been established with Taylor that, believe me, those guys are walking a locker room going, you're going to start the rookie? Yeah. You're going to start the rookie over over Taylor, you know, and and, and they're going to be upset about it. They're they're still going to play. And he's going to have to earn that kind of respect from them now. So that when he walks in, he goes, "All right, all right, attention, listen up." You know, when a quarterback says, "Listen up," and he's a rookie, mm. you know, you look at him and smack him in the side of the head if you're you know a ten year veteran of the NFL. But some guy tells you to be quiet, you know. But you, Taylor could walk in the in the huddle and tell him, that's his huddle. Mm. This guy's going to have to make it his huddle now. And does he so, have time now? Well, I'll tell you what, you, know, you can forget about a guy that uh, was your buddy that was 5-4 and four if you go 7-2. and two, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So watch how quickly that can change if he proves himself. He's going to have to earn that respect. For sure. I think it's a lot of pressure. I, I, th- I would agree with you that they had, they had to do something, but the debate is, uh, is it too soon? Is now the time to do it? Of course, the text line is open, 288-0644. That is the ESPN Radio Syracuse text line. 315-288-0644. Do want to take a quick break and come back? What do you got lined up for me next there, Daniel? Some gratuitous Larry references. Oh, And we're course. going to talk about Syracuse football, my friend. Yes, we'll continue the football conversation. Get your texts in. Get your phone calls in. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. 
Brent Axe 4 to 6, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, mm. and welcome back. I'm, uh, I'm gratuitously scrambling to get a celebrity to call in on, on Friday for our Friday celebrity call-in segment. I'm very excited. I am. I'm going to keep it a mystery right now, who I'm reaching out to. You guys can't see it, but uh, Daniel in studio wearing a Dikembe Matumbo jersey. I almost thought Dikembe was in the studio when I came in here today. Didn't you feel it? I felt it. Didn't you feel it? I really did. He, I remember it. when he was at Atlanta and he would block a shot and he would do the finger? No, 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 no. 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 And then when Jordan actually... No, no, no. He did not move the... Re- he did not move the wrist. He just moved the finger. He did the no, no, no. And, and then there was the whole thing. fingers are about 17 inches yeah. long, too. Where he said Jordan never, uh, what was it? Jordan never got one over on him or something. And then Jordan, no, Jordan never dunked on him. And then he, Jordan finally dunked on him. And then Jordan gave him the no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that. I remember that. That was cool. All right, let's talk about football. We have, because we're, we're creeping up closer to what's going to be, you know, obviously is already a must-win situation for the Orange who are four wins and six losses, two wins and four losses in the ACC. Uh, And we know that to become bowl eligible, they're going to have to win both. So the next opponent is Louisville. They're on the road, which is uh, three words you don't want to say about Syracuse football this year, on the road. Uh, You know, when I look at it, Louisville is six and four. They're three and four in the ACC. And they're coming off a 32 to 21 victory over Virginia. Bobby Petrino, the head coach, you know, in his fourth year and his second go-around as Louisville coach, is 115 wins and 47 lost lifetime as head coach. Can these guys at Louisville afford, now they're bowl eligible now, but can they afford to take the throttle off and coast? You know, I, I, I don't see it. You got a lot of these coaches, too, that that'll, once they get eligible maybe want to keep their best guy's healthy. They don't want to put somebody in the danger zone of getting hurt or whatnot. But I don't think they're going to coast. I think they're still Louisville. They still well, want to come out. Well, now, I would agree with you at a professional level for sure when a team has solidified their position, let's say, in basketball in the NBA. So they know they're going to be a six seed, let's say, and there's really not a chance, nor is there a great advantage to kill themselves to get the five seed. Mm-hmm. So, so with that said... With games put away, and even with the risk of losing a game, in those last four or five games, they want to rest veteran players for sure. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I don't know that that's as common or really thought about. Maybe in the last game where a loss, if you're not vying for the national title. So if you're a team with two losses and you're looking at possibly your third with a questionable Dungy's hurt kind of scenario and you want to rest them up, yes, maybe I could see that. I don't see it in college football, and I certainly don't see it when you've got a quarterback who's already won a Heisman Trophy and is a Heisman candidate again this year. So certainly the guy you'd think that they would guard and rest the most, uh, unless he's got something wrong with him, he's looking to throw up some numbers. I know personally he wants to throw for 500. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he, he's looking to beef it up now uh, against a team that's not the strongest team from his division, you know, for sure. So uh, I think that Jackson... You know, he put up 600 total yards in the Dome last year. 600. <laughs> That's just it. If you said you put up 300, you'd say, you know, but he put up 600 yeah. combination rushing and throwing yards and total offense. I mean, wow. You know, that's, a, that's a Yeah, you don't want to be the team that, that you know, I hate to say this, but loses to Syracuse at this point. You know, especially... In the home stretch. Well, I mean, for for BC, you know, the last game of the season, they've got a, t- a more difficult. Syracuse has proven to play much better when they're in the dome. 
They like being home. Uh, it didn't protect them against Wake, uh, but you know, I, I mean, I think my daughter could have scored if she was rushing the ball the fourth quarter. Sure, they just their, their defense was terrible that day. I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter there, a complete letdown. But you know, in looking at what's the reality of them to win this game, this is you know, if you remember in the first couple of weeks of the show. We talked about who the opponents were going to be, and we said, well, listen, we got to win the two home games. We absolutely got to win those, and then we got to steal one. Mm-hmm. So we've lost one of the home games. Mm-hmm. We did not steal the Florida State game, which we thought we could do, which we came close, but we did not do. Uh, now we were in a position poised to have to win both, and Louisville's turning it up a little bit. Yeah. So Louisville is not the same team three weeks ago, four weeks ago, when we were talking about them. They've actually become bowl eligible, and they're looking a lot better. Uh, so, you know, when you try to play the common opponent thing, you know, Clemson beat them, we beat Clemson. So, obviously, we can beat Louisville. There's no question. It's not like we're outmanned, and we don't have a chance to win the game. We we do. But I I got to tell you again, similar to what I saw in the um, in the basketball game last night, which is very early in the season, so it's not the same as. But just that. There's that sense of urgency when you watch guys snap out of the huddle and they they run up to the line and they they look at, and and they've got that look that you know in Rocky the eye of the tiger you know they look like they're going I don't see that right now and I'm hoping that they can come out with that type of an attitude of hey man we got to win this game you know we have to win this game now they didn't have to win the weight game to qualify for a bowl but we're going to see what they're made of intestinal fortitude now wise uh, when when they when they get in against Louisville, because if they don't get an early lead, this is definitely a team that likes to play well early. If they don't get off to a good start, this guy could throw for four hundred against them, no problem. And what's the mental state of a, of the SU players who just lost three in a row going into Louisville? You know, I would say that the, that the games that they lost the first two times were games that they were they were definitely in the Miami game, mm-hmm. they were definitely in the Florida State game. They pulled alongside both those guys. They, you know, they could have tied the Florida State game. I mean, it was a field goal yeah, way to go into goal. overtime, and 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 quite honestly, a field goal that he can make. Yeah. You know, it wasn't he was kicking a fifty-eight yarder right. with the wind an... against him or something. You know, he actually he should have made that field goal. Sure, you know that that's in his wheelhouse. So, you know, uh, and and in the Miami game, they pulled within a point in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I, I don't think there's any shame in the way. But but the, it's quite different the momentum going into this game after getting spanked twenty four points unanswered in the fourth quarter against Wake. Mm. I think you have to really look at that and say, hey, wait a second, man, that's that's not that you know, that attitude. You know, the guy that you ever see when they when they put the mic in the corner, you know, during a boxing match, and you hear the trainer going, he doesn't want to say you've lost six straight rounds. Yeah, he goes, hey, man, we want to knock him out now. Yeah, we want to knock him out. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're letting the guy, you know, know without saying it. You've lost the fight. Yeah. You have to knock him out now. They've got to go. And then suddenly the guy just comes up with boom, 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 and he lets go what he's got left. Syracuse has to let go what they have left now. You know, they, they, they've definitely got been outpointed. They've got more losses than wins. They've got to win the next two. Don't think about Boston College or anything else but the fact that you need to execute and you need to beat Louisville right now. If they come out with that kind of urgency – and and don't you know uh, the the defensive front line and the linebackers were look like they were you know taking tickets in a movie theater. Thank you very much for shopping here. Sure, right. There. And they, people were just walking right by him. You know, so they got to clog up the middle. They got to. He's going to probably throw some different packages. You know, as far as blitzes and things and stunts on the interior line that he hasn't done before to try to create some congestion up there and give the running backs not these giant holes. I mean, you could have driven some trucks through these holes in the Wake Forest backs were running through. So. 
Um, and I think Babers is talking in a little bit of the code too, with uh, in 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 reference to Eric Dungey saying, "quote He still needs a little bit more for him to be able to defend himself." Meaning, does he play or does he not play? It's not solid yet. Well, yeah, but you know the kid. What's he going to save him for? I mean, is is it a you know he's talking about he's got an ACL you know it says undisclosed lower leg injury. I don't right. think it's something as like an ACL. Right, that's what I'm saying. So if you know. Tape them up. You know, my father used to say, rub a little dirt in it, you're in the next play. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, you had to have a bone exposed. You know yeah. What I mean? So. At, well, yeah, right. At this point, there's two games left. What, what are we holding on for? Well, uh, or let's see. You're not going to wait to see whether or not you win and then play them against BC. Play them now. Mm-hmm. You've seen your backup can play. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he put 43 points on the board first game of the season sure. that he's played. So that's nothing to slouch about. Of course, it was against Wake, which is, is not a gigantic thing, but. You know they're definitely going to be involved, and I think in another track meet. This is going to be a low-scoring affair in Louisville. Yeah, Mahoney uh, passed for three hundred eighty-four yards. Three eighty-four in his yeah. first start. So it's not terrible to have him. Three eighty-four. I'll t- listen. If Dungey throws for three eighty-four against Louisville, I'll be happy. Yeah. You know, again, if you score forty-three points in a college football game and you don't win, you shouldn't be looking at your offense. Yeah. Your offense isn't the problem. You you have better be able to hold your opponent to an average of less than ten points per quarter in a football game. You really should. And I think Babers knows that he's he's referenced that his his line is young, it's small. They've they, and they were shown that against Wake Forest. Well, you know, I, I think the big thing that's gonna they're gonna have to look for is you're not gonna stop a guy like Jackson. You're not gonna stop him. But but the idea, and I hate this phrase, but it's very true in this case. You got to be able to contain him, mm-hmm. you know. So you, you don't want to let him get outside. You want to force him to step forward and move inside, where he's going to run into traffic. If you let him break outside the defensive end, now you're talking about a cornerback that has to come up and read that, and he can dump the ball off. So if he's going to chip away at you four or five yards, which can which can be a nuisance, you just can't give him those three, those two or three forty yard runs, and one of them for a touchdown. You know, and and, and he's known to do that. So I think that the idea of trying to get – you might see defensively that he's going to throw linebacker packages at this kid more. You you can't give him time to run the ball and then scramble around because he's that good an athlete. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they got their hands full, man. Off the uh, text line quickly, uh, do you think 5-7 and gets them to a bowl game? I don't think they – no. You know, it's not mathematically impossible, um, but uh, I would say – it's not enough to have beat Clemson. Um, you know, if they, I'll tell you this, had they beat Clemson in the second to last or last game of the season, then I think it would have had a lot more value than saying Clemson had an off game. Clemson's already still ranked in the top, mm-hmm. what, seven? Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, no, I, I don't think they go to a bowl game. You know, I think they have to win both. And certainly, if my point about Dungy, if he plays now, and they win. They also know for sure they have confidence that they have a quality backup to him. So, you know, that was an unknown until Wake. Mm-hmm. Now we know the kid's got some boys. He can throw for, you know, 384. You know, he's, he's definitely put some numbers up that are pretty impressive. So, you know, I, I, th- I think he's got to play. I think Dungy's got to play. We'll take your texts, 288-0644, 315-288-0644. Come back. Do miscellaneous. Looking forward to a miscellaneous. Coming up very soon. <laughs> You're listening is to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show.
Hey now, and welcome back. So, Josh, yeah, I'm going to go into a new wild card category. Ooh, Larry likes to call it miscellaneous. Miscellaneous on the production on the production sheet. sheet he wrote yeah. miscellaneous for this he wrote break. Miscellaneous, so. so it can be anything. Yep. So I'm going to call it wild card because I think it sounds a little more interesting than miscellaneous. Mm. Here's my question: If Caitlyn Jenner, oh, decided to make an Olympic comeback as a woman, should she be eligible? Uh, see, this is, these come up all the time. I don't. You they come up all no, the time. They, did you just say that? Yeah, I do. Well, no, no, Larry, stop it. Did you, uh, no, did they, you just say that? Well, because you'll have the girls that want to play on the Not boys anymore. team, or the boys <laughs> that want want to play on the girls team. I think that if your parts are your, you're built a certain way. You the, there's different. The, they split the genders because you're built different ways. Now I'm as open as the next one, Daniel. I think anybody can do whatever they want. It's none of my business. But I don't think that you got Caitlyn Jenner coming out there and uh, if Caitlyn Jenner, mm. former former world decathlete mm. as Bruce Jenner, was to decide, let's say that the surgery took place when he was 35, after mm. he had retired and won the gold medal as the greatest athlete in the world, should you be able to compete now as a woman? You put me in a sticky situation here, Daniel Baldwin. Because um, I see it's miscellaneous. Isn't it? it is miscellaneous. This is the most miscellaneous of miscellaneous. And I will tell mm-hmm. you that I, uh, while I'm fine with their lifestyle choice, I don't know if they can compete. I think it's just it's too. There's too many wild cards. How do you legally, when you're telling them they're they're, they're allowed to have access to this restroom and they're allowed to have these rights mm. and so on? How do you keep them out? How do you keep? Do you see where I'm going here? I, I, I'm trying I'm going to. Here? It's so, so miscellaneous. So the, so it's a, it's the same as the Boy Scouts are now allowing girls to join. They're allowing girls mm-hmm. to join. So right. how long before a obviously effeminate young boy says, "I don't want my son"? The father says, "I don't want my son to join the Boy Scouts. I want him to join the Girl Scouts." How do you say it's okay for the girls to now join the Boy Scouts? And you're not going to say that it's okay for a boy to join the Girl Scouts. Well, it should be okay for the boy to join the Girl Scouts if he wants to. If he wants to do... See, I think they should be all... It should just be Scouts. Why not have be. everything? Why not have... Like, you've got daughters. I saw them today. Yeah, I if they what are you trying do, to infer? I'm trying to say, <laughs> if they want to do more of the campy hiking stuff, let them go in boys. Just let them be in Scouts. So it should be Scouts. It just Scouts. Matter. We don't identify gender. And I, and I told you, all the girls out there, I was in Boy Scouts for 15 years. You're not missing anything. Were you an Eagle Scout? I almost made it, but I got kicked out of Boy Scouts. Wow, why'd you get kicked out? Because I dumped Kool-Aid on a kid's tent and a bear came, and the bear ripped the door off my Scoutmaster's truck because there was lard inside the truck. Scoutmaster told my mom he's no longer welcome to come back to Boy Scouts. Wow. Yeah, I was a... I was on the a, verge of eagerness. I was a tricky kid, yes. I really like I like wearing those badges. I have a bigger problem with that than Bruce going into the Olympics. Do you? I oh. do. That I, I just missed Eagle Scout? I, I, you know, I feel incomplete. Yeah, like I haven't. Is it too late for me to go back in? Can I, uh, no, uh, no. is it? I evidently, evidently, you and everybody Anything now. goes now. So, so I, yeah. it's miscellaneous. Miscellaneous there. Scouts. <laughs> That's what it should be. It just should be miscellaneous Scouts. I think that there's no way to prevent it. I think there's I think there no is. way to prevent it. I think that if you, I think you're going to finally see someone who was a man? What was the uh, the movie? Uh, Juana Man. Did you ever mm. see Juana Man? <laughs> I hate to say that I have. I hate to admit that Juana yes, I have. Juana Man was a guy who decided to mask himself as a woman and play in the WNBA. He was a former NBA player. Nigel 
Miguel Rodriguez? Miguel something. something. But M- there was Miguel Ladybugs. Nunez. Ladybugs, too, where Ronnie Dangerfield had, uh, what's his nuts there? It was on the girls' team. Hey, I'll tell you, you're all right. <laughs> the boy or girl, whatever you got, bring it over here. Story is old as time, Daniel. It is. Albert. It is. It is old as time. But I think you're going to see in the next decade, Mark, Mark the, the great one. Oh, here it is. The great one is predicted. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see a, a former man go through the sex change and want to play professional sports as a woman. You're going to see it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think you can stop it. I would not be surprised. Imagine That's going to do it, yes. George Foreman boxing and winning the title as a woman. I like it. I'd watch it. I'd pay George for the pay-per-view. Foreman. <laughs> I'd, pay for, I'd pay for Georgette's uh, fight. This has been the Daniel Baldwin Show. Brent Axe is up next. We will return tomorrow. Thank you. Larry! Larry! For listening to ESPN Radio Syracuse.